What up, y'all? I'm JT, Chef Tickles, the Alaskan Sniper. I'm here with your boy, Chris Easy, Deuces Minus One, and Chris Evans. What up, what up? We're joined here with our man, Big Daddy, the boy himself, Raf Sani. What it do, baby? DB, the assassin, Sharp Knuckles. How's it going? And let's get into it. This is Hoop Session. What's up, boys? Welcome back. Episode 11 of Hoop Session. Back with Chris Easy, Faraz, DB. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, who we're predicting to be for our preseason award winners, MVP, uh, Defensive Player of the Year, etc. Um, we're less than a week away from the start of the season, so we're all super stoked about that. Um, so before we actually see any basketball for this season, it's been, you know, eight, 11 weeks for some players and like nine months for other players. So we're going to talk about MVP, six man coach of the year, et cetera. So who wants to start it off with uh, rookie of the year? Who do we think is going to be rookie of the year? Yeah, who wants to take that? I'll, yeah, I'll on, jump in. I'll jump in. Yeah, go ahead, man. It's a tough one. Yeah, I'll jump <laughs> in, man. Uh, this one was uh, – I, I actually haven't been keeping up with college basketball at all lately. So this one was a little yeah. bit tough for me. What I really did was I kind of looked at the, the bottom teams from last season who I thought would have some, you know – playability if a rookie comes into their their squad and then I started looking at the draft picks and uh so I came up with Obi Toppin uh watch a couple of his highlight videos and the kid looks athletic he's got like a NBA size kind of body already yeah he could put on a little bit more weight but he's pretty athletic he can kind of shoot and he's playing for the Knicks so it's uh he has a good chance to put up some numbers and uh yeah that's that's what I, I have for the rookie of the year this year yeah he'll He'll get minutes, like you said. He'll get the opportunity, but do you think Knicks will get enough wins ultimately to to get the rookie of the year? It's usually somebody, you know, who actually impacts their team. Well, let's see who who's yeah. won in the last couple of years. Yeah, what about, I mean, the, what about when Tyreek uh, with Sacramento? He went twenty five and five, but like, did they even make the playoffs? No, I don't no, think rookie of the year matters like with that, right. Yeah, I don't think it matters with um, your record. Like, Jaw won it last year. So it's yeah, like, rookie of the year, I don't think matters as much as MVP. Yeah. Right. right. Your record. Right. It's yeah. not as much expected of you, right? Like, you can't just jump in as a rookie and change a franchise, right? Exactly. So if you're putting up numbers and your team kind of just sucks, um, you can still win it. But yeah, for, right. for MVP, you got to have a winning record at the very least, right? You got to be in the playoffs. Yeah. You got to overachieve. You got to make your team overachieve because of you, right? But. I don't know. Last year with Jaw, right? Like they pushed, they were, you know, they had an above average season for that team, right? They pushed to almost make the the playoffs. So that was a it pretty did. big, uh, pretty, yeah. pretty big push. Yeah. It happened, but I feel like it's not a requirement. Yeah. yeah. Right. So who do you have for us? Rookie of the year? I, I went with Edwards just because, uh, to be frank, I think Minnesota's still going to suck next year. Yeah. <laughs> um. I yeah. I think I, just like Dinar when he said he looked looked at who was at the bottom last season. It's honestly I think the the shittier the team, uh, the more opportunities opportunities they're gonna have. Um. I think Cat uh, is gonna have a lot to deal with this year. Uh. Just because with the pandemic and everything, you know, he's had a lot of family members pass away from it. Unfortunately, I think mentally he might not be there. All like all be there. So, you know, I could even see him maybe, like, missing games here and there because of it. Uh, if something happens, uh, I think the opportunity is just there for him to kind of showcase his abilities in, in Minnesota where, you know, nothing is really expected right now. I mean, if they make a number for eight seed, that'd be unbelievable, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. No. No, no right. chance yeah. is happening this year. No chance. Like, no chance. <laughs> like, no yeah.
<laughs> yeah. yeah, and got swept by the Lakers. Exactly. And get swept, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Chris, did you uh, go about it the same way uh, in terms of thinking wins don't don't matter, or, or who did you pick for rookie of the year? Um, I just picked on or picked somebody who I thought I've watched a little bit, just like doing our draft analysis and everything. Killian Hayes, point guard for the Detroit Pistons. Um, I really like his game. He's another. He's a James Harden esque player with obviously without James Harden's full abilities, but like he sort of yeah. plays like him, like a bit more lanky, like has a nice, real nice step back. But um, on the Pistons, he's going to be the starting point guard for the whole year. I don't think he's going to miss any time, like barring mm-hmm. injuries. Like you're playing in front of Derek Rose, who probably is a really good mentor for him. I'd say yeah. he's probably one of the best, like, like a Rondo-esque, like this is what you do kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think if he can lead Detroit – to what's it called to like a 10 11 12 seed but like be solidly consistent the whole year i think killian would be able to be one of those players who could get the rookie of the year um he did have a really rough start to the preseason this year they played the knicks first and he had seven turnovers which is pretty shitty for your first game in the nba but i think hard and ask though yeah James Harden-esque. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, he'll be running show in Detroit, and I think Detroit has a decent shot to do, like, damage in the 11-12 seed. So, I think it's a bit better than being on the Knicks. So, I mean, the rookie class is really weak this year. So, anybody can potentially win it. But, yeah, I got Killian Hayes getting rookie of the year this year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in terms of the team's expectations, it's tough, right? Because – I would assume Derrick Rose starts over over a rookie. Um, and then it really depends. Like, is Blake and D. Rose going to stay? Or are they going to be flipped for assets? It, you know, it really doesn't make sense for them to try this year. Yeah. Like, with that roster, it doesn't make sense at all. But um, unless they're just getting no value back for Blake, I guess. But, um, yeah, he looks promising. I saw a couple little highlights when you talked about him earlier. He looks nice, nice and long. Maybe he's able to play alongside D Rose, but I don't think yeah, D Rose I, is going to start or like they're going to play Rose as much as Hayes because Hayes is probably their building block for their future. And they want to see like Rose can be easily a sixth first man off the bench point guard backup, right? Just like he was in what Minnesota, I think last two years ago, last year, yeah, or even Detroit last year, he was backup too. I think he was backup as well for some bits, but I think mm-hmm. D Rose will be the play the backup PG role. And I think they'll give mm-hmm. the reign to the office, I think. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's uh, that'd be tough. Like D Rose, number one overall pick, former MVP, man. Like yeah. I, I think young, as a rookie, youngest MVP. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I think as a rookie, like if you're coming in behind D Rose, like that's a very safe spot to be. There's not a lot of expectations, yeah. and you just learn from one of those, like you know, one of those pros, one of those vets who, like you said, have played those different roles. I think in Minnesota. It's comparable, but it's also different because he was behind like an actual vet, Jeff T, right? Yeah. Not like a full. I think rookie, I think but... they flip Rose and Blake though. I think. Yeah. I think I think they're gonna get uh, yeah they're gonna get dealt by the deadline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get some younger pieces or. Yeah, or it doesn't pieces. really make sense, like like you guys were saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah. So uh, for my rookie of the year, uh, again, like you said, Chris, I think uh, it's. Um, it's pretty much a wash. Like I think a lot of guys, probably like 10 guys actually have a chance to win it. Whereas the last couple of years with, with Jai, it was like pretty obvious when Zion missed so many games. Um, and to agree with you as well, DB, I haven't watched a lot of college ball, honestly, yeah. um, especially with like COVID it's kind of been weird. Um, 
so I picked somebody that I just I liked from from draft night, which was um, Tyrese Halliburton. Went to Sacramento. He uh, he was maybe rumored to go like top seven, top six, something like that. But he fell um, to somewhere like Sacramento, like where I think he has that opportunity to flourish. Like he he's going to be alongside a very good guard in De'Aaron Fox, so he won't have to necessarily handle the ball. Buddy Heald is kind of his position as well, who's another pure shooter. Halliburton looks like he has a really good uh, trigger, uh, but he's long as well. He's kind of like a mix between Fox and Heald, obviously at a much lower level right now. Um, and they still have, um, what's their big guy, Bagley as well, right? So there's a lot of pieces around that have more expectations, I think. And I think he'll be able to slot in um, and be an option for Fox to kick it to, like especially in transition. Should be a nice piece. And, and I don't know what... Sacramento realistically can't do anything. I, I still think that wins matter a little bit, but um, for them maybe to be kind of hunting for the uh, playing tournament and maybe he's averaging like 13 points a game off the bench or something like that in a very weak draft class, that might be enough. But uh, moving ahead, Chris, who did you have as your coach of the year? There's been a lot of coaching vacancies, um, but also – a lot of uh, uh, stars moving, trades happening as well. So different situations on teams. Chris, who did you come up with um, coach, of your, coach of the year? Um, i say Steve Nash. Steve Nash will be coach of the year. Uh, you have Kevin Durant on your team. So, I mean, yeah. if you have Kevin Durant on your team and you come out of the Atlantic quite strong with a strong record, mm-hmm. I think Steve Nash deserves it. Like, you're controlling, like, a suit, like one of the best players in the league, basically. If you can manage him quite well throughout the season. I feel like if he stays injury-free, Brooklyn will have a great record this year, and that will lead to Nash getting that, what's it called, that coach year. That's that's really the only person I can think of. I don't think anybody else. There might be some dark horse team that, like, comes out of nowhere and does some damage, and then that guy will Mm -hmm. get coach year. But I think if everything goes as planned, I think Steve Nash gets it this year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that Yeah, Fraz, you want to build on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Chris on that. I had the exact same thing. Um, it's yeah. just that it's Brooklyn, Brooklyn right now. That environment is like built for this, you know, like Katie's coming back. Like Chris said, mm-hmm. if they stay injury free, just that whole situation is bred for Steve Nash to get coach of the year. They're not going to end up with a bad record. Uh, I think they have to end up the top two seed. I don't think they're going to be the number one seed in the East. I think Milwaukee is still a better uh, season team, like, you know, mm-hmm. for a full season. Uh, Brooklyn still they got to mesh together you know they still got to every player's got to learn each other still Kyrie and KD playing with them is going to be hard mm-hmm. um, but I can easily see them coming in that number two seed uh, if that happens 100% I think it's just and they want to give it to Nash yeah, that'd be awesome <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the thing right it fits it fits just like a very nice storyline you know everything you know, everything is just oh, the yeah. way it's worked out it looks like it would just be if it if it doesn't go that way yeah (laughs) yeah exactly and you know he has a lot of pieces there so you know if you know obviously we're expecting all all four of us are expecting a lot from kd this year like confidently and i think the rest of the league is as well so if he performs to that with Kyrie, and then somebody like lavert or joe harris or jared allen or dinwiddie they take a leap then it all looks like steve nash did all this work and finally put things together right so 100% 100% I could see it. Um, super interesting. That would be, I think, the first time uh, where it's like a first-time rookie head coach 
wins coach of the year. I could be wrong about that, but no, I think, I think Steve Kerr did it. Steve Kerr did it, right? No, Steve yeah, Kerr never... won it on the 73 and nine year. That wasn't his first year, oh, okay, I don't okay. think. Yeah, no, it was his first year. Okay. Yeah, Steve Kerr yeah. won well, 73 and nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even I think if he didn't win it, it seems like the same process, basically. Yes. Like uh, the same Nash thing yeah. and this, yeah, it looks like the exact same thing. It's like it's written. Like you take over a team that's primed and ready to go and good things happen for you. Right, exactly. Um, and it, it seems to already have like a pretty good culture before as well, right? You know, yeah. so uh, DB, who did you pick for your uh, coach of the year? Okay, so if I was going to bet, like actually put money down, okay, I would here we bet go. on Nash getting it and also winning the MVP. But I'm not going to go with that because I don't think that's the right way to go. I think it's too easy to just jump into a team with Durant and just kind of just get handed the coach of the year. Um, so I wanted to kind of involve Westbrook, my favorite player, a little bit. So I'm going to go with Scott Brooks. Scotty Brooks is going oh. to take it. Nice. I think uh, I think that team has a good chance of uh, making some noise in the East if they actually gel well together. And I think uh, coming off with how they've actually been playing previously, I think uh, Scott Brooks is going to get some notoriety off that as well. Mm-hmm. Is he? Uh, has he won it before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See. yeah. <laughs> yeah, he won it with OKC. So <laughs> it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be hard for him to win again, but it's possible. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I'm I'm interested. I didn't I don't uh, know the research, but I'm interested to see how many years in between winning Coach of the Year. That'd be interesting. Um, yeah. For mine, I put, picked another not rookie head coach, but uh, first year on this team, uh, and with the fucking boss goat man himself, Van Gundy in New Orleans. <laughs> Uh, they're a team that I think could, again, there's a lot of expectation, I think, across like the basketball world for New Orleans because of the Zion factor. Um, but I do think they have that potential, you know, barring injuries to be kind of like a shocker team. You know, who knows? They potentially could be like a five or like a six seed kind of thing and like, you know, be a tough out or, or shock a team. So Van Gundy coming in with all that experience, um, I think all those young guys in that locker room are really going to respect somebody like Van Gundy, but because he knows, I think he's a player's coach. Like he knows how to get the best out of those players, right? He's going to be stuck firm on some particular things and he's going to let them do that. He's going to, he understands that he needs to let them do their thing as well. Right. Um, Like Alonzo balls. He needs to push it. He needs to do those things right uh etc like brandon ingram you need to let him go to your three possessions where he's the only one who touches the ball breaks somebody down tries to get to the rim um and we all love van gundy i think uh, all of you guys could see it happening anybody uh, got anything else on van gundy potentially winning yeah uh I, I think uh he definitely has a chance of winning and i would love for him to win it i think it's big that he dealt with a diva uh like dwight howard for so long, especially when he was like in his prime as well. I think that's big, honestly. He knows how to, like you said, he's a player's coach. He knows how to deal with different personalities. So I think he's going to do really well with that uh, with that team. And I hope Zion takes like a big leap forward this year as well. So yeah, I hope he does too, man. I just drafted in my fantasy league, so <laughs> <laughs> you better. What pick did you take him? <laughs> huh? What pick did you take him? Probably fourth um, round. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next category or the next award was one of the harder ones for me to decide. I think I switched my decision a few times. Most improved player. That, again, I think is a wide open one this year. 
with the COVID factor, you know, like um, somebody like a, you know, a team that didn't come to the bubble. It's been nine months of this person just being in their own world, just working out in the gym every single day. And we just haven't seen it. Um, so that was a really hard one for me to pick. So Fraz, you want to start um, with your pick on uh, six man? Yeah, man. Well, I mean, looking at my notes, it seems like me and you both both picked uh, Karis LeVert from uh, Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. I've, I've been a big fan of uh, Karis for the past couple of years, um, especially when Brooklyn was in that kind of uh, no, having no superstar phase where it was just a bunch of guys grinding out. That's when he really uh, started to shine. Um, and so far, seeing, seeing them play right now, it looks like he's the leader of that second unit. Um, and he's, and I think down the stretch last four or five minutes of the game, he's probably going to be in, man. Um, I think he can, he, he creates his own shot. He plays a decent defense. Um, but I think like, I think when Durant sits, they're going to give a lot of the reins to him when he takes over that second unit. And I think that's mm, just okay. going to, that's a nice breeding ground for him to get that six man of the year award. Mm-hmm. Um, right. The reason mine is kind of uh, I'll put like a star next to it because it could also be Dinwiddie in my opinion. So I think whoever they decide to end up coming off the bench, I think will end up being um, that that player. But what I just realized for us is we I introduced most improved player and then we just started talking about six man. So that's hilarious. <laughs> oh man, that's my fault, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, my just fault. <laughs> most improved man Tyler yeah, Hero. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> let's, 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 yeah. let's finish this now <laughs> yeah. yeah I think um, you know in the in the preseason from what I've seen they they kind of they've both played two games and they both uh, have started one and come off the bench one with Karis LeVert and Dinwiddie so it I think it ultimately depends on um, you know how they stagger Kyrie and KD because one of those other players will kind of, you know, be the, the, the second partner while the other star rests. So Karis LeVert likely, you know, the mini KD. So he'll probably play with Kyrie um, in the second unit, but uh, it could be, it could be Dinwiddie as well coming off the bench and um, playing with KD there. So either way, but I do think it will ultimately be LeVert. Um, he's a player we've all liked for a few years. He's been in the league for a few years. Um, where he had a little more responsibility and now he's just got like, can you imagine just <laughs> pooping and you're like, court. Hey, Hey man, KD and Kyrie are going to come. You're like, uh, okay. So <laughs> I think he's just got room to grow against second units. He's going to cook them. Um, that injury was still quite gruesome and, and, and quite scary. So hopefully, I don't know, mentally KD has some wisdom for him there, but I think we'll be careful of it. Um, DB, you want to go ahead with your pick? Uh, yeah. Um, I- I went with Dennis Schroeder. Um, I, I've always liked this guy. I've liked him for a while in Atlanta and uh, in OKC for sure. He showed how he can be actually basically a star himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's really close to being like, if he actually gets to start, I think he could be a great starter in the league on almost any team. Mm-hmm. But if they actually had to bring him off the bench and with a winning record like the Lakers are going to have, like, the Lakers are for sure going to be a number one, two seed in the West. Mm-hmm. And to come off the bench for that team and put up numbers and have those easy lobs when you come into AD, yeah. that's uh, going to be pretty nice for him. And Montrez as well, coming off the bench with them. That pick and roll is going to be pretty good for them. So I think uh, Schroeder has a really good chance of getting uh, the sixth man award this year. 
Mm-hmm. How much, you know, it, it really depends on rotation, like you said, but how much of a factor do you think it is that Trez will probably be like, you know, top five as well, potentially stealing votes from Schroeder? I think, I think that's obviously going it, to, it's going to be there, that, that threat of it, I guess. But at the same time, I think if he outperforms Trez, and you could clearly see who the man is on the second rotation, then it actually improves his chances of winning the MVP, right? Because if yeah. a top five guy is already on that team coming off the bench and this guy looks that much better than him, it might actually improve his chances. Yeah, great point. Uh, especially when the team's two stars are essentially that uh, other guy's position, right? So he mm-hmm. looks a lot better. Um, but I originally put Schroeder as well. Um, I think he's like, you know, probably a favorite, but I was considering like their starting lineup and what they might actually settle into. And I think Schroeder might start. So uh, I think he'll That's start too many games and, and like actually disqualify. So he's definitely up there if they do decide to bring him off the bench. Um, uh, but we'll see, I guess he's uh, he's definitely up there in terms of like uh, the betting bets, like you said. So yeah. um, Fraz and I were actually having that exact same conversation before the podcast today, actually. I was yeah. asking him, I'm like, do you think he's going to start too many games and not be able to get the sixth man? So, like, yeah. That's the biggest question, right? If, if he does, if he does get to come off the bench, I think he has the best chance to win it. But you're right. He might just get disqualified within like the first 30 games of the season, 40 games <laughs> of the season. He might just yeah, start exactly. Exactly, right? That will be kind of the only factor, right? Same, same with my choice there with Levert. So, um, yeah, Chris, take us to your oh, ghost that's... pick. <laughs> yeah, I didn't write anything because I couldn't pick one. Um, it's really yeah. hard the six man because especially going into a season of an unknown, you don't know who is who's coming off the bench, who's starting. Um, back at previous six man of the year awards, five out of the last seven years, it's been either Lou Will or Jamal Crawford. So I mean, <laughs> it seems like those are pretty two sure locks. Obviously, Jamal Crawford's not playing anymore, but I picked Lou Will as my six man of the year. I don't see cool. anybody else like taking that consistent bench role away from and like bench prime scoring option away from Lou Will until like somebody's done it multiple times. Um, Eric Gordon was probably another previous winner as well that I thought could work. But I guess now with uh, Russell Westbrook gone from Houston and you have John Wall there, he's yeah. going to be, and if Harden leaves as well, Eric Gordon is going to be a starter. So I, he, that disqualifies him from that. Like three time six man of the year award winner Lou Will. I think that's going to be the six man of the year this year again. Mm-hmm. So Chris, you almost view it more as like a vet role. I think I don't think it's necessarily a vet role. I just think it's a very not lazy pick to pick Lou Will, but it's very safe. It's a safe <laughs> bet. Be- yeah, it's a very safe bet. As in, like he is the prime scoring option off the bench for one of the top three, four teams in the West. And I don't think you can say that for many people consistently, because either consistently coming off the bench or consistently um being this option that's a threat to score at any point so i think if yeah. lou will has the same type of season he's had in the past i think that's his award they might name the award on after him soon when he retires but. <laughs> yeah 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 like you said it not only being like the top option off the bench but also like actually productive yeah you know if he can average close to 20 points a game like he has been, um he's definitely a favorite too yeah good, great point um, so jumping back to most improved player for us, um, <laughs> yes. who, did, who did you pick for that one? 
Dude, my man, Tyler Hero, man. Um, to be honest, I, uh, he wasn't – yeah. <laughs> you, there you go, Chris. Awesome, um, baby. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, – the reason I actually ended up picking him for, for this was because of you, Chris. Um, when you were talking about him potentially making the all-star team, I kind of started looking at him a little bit more. Um, I still don't know if he'll make an all-star team this upcoming season, but I definitely can see him making that leap uh, offensively to be able to – get the most improved player. Miami mm-hmm. hasn't really picked up any, didn't really pick up any big offensive pieces this off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're essentially the, the same team, except with Avery Bradley and a couple of other guys, but the, yeah. those are all like defensive pieces. Um, Jimmy's shown that he doesn't really care about scoring. So I think hero, uh, I think Tyler does. So I think he's primed to take that step this season, the next step. And i if he ends up averaging like 17, 18 points a game, like close to 20, I can definitely see him walking away with the MIP. Yeah, especially if he's doing it efficiently from three, right? You know, if he's shooting, yeah. you know, 40, 43% from three, definitely a factor. I heard something where he, he potentially could be the leading scorer for the Miami Heat at the end of the season. You know, yeah. He, yeah. he could be, you know, you never know. It likely would be Jimmy or Bam, um, but you never know. He could be. Right. Um, just based on that system and how much, uh, like you said, he grows into this position. I think the only kind of thing hurting him from that is the fact that he was, you know, he's technically going into his second year. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think they tend to not give it to those players who are that young, but you never know. They could. Um, it could happen, man. Yeah, definitely. It could. Like you said, if he jumps up into being like a legit, you know, like, Luca arguably could have been most improved last year, right? But he just went from his Again. second to a third. Yeah, his third year. So, um, uh, DB, who did you pick? One of our, one of my personal favorite players. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I picked uh, Jeremy Grant. Uh, again, I've, I've I've liked this guy for a while. I liked him in uh, OKC a lot. Uh, he's got that bounce to his step. Uh, he, he's the type of player that really works hard, crashes the boards, just plays with high energy and uh, he actually turned down the same deal, I, I believe with the, the Denver nuggets to go to Detroit. Mm-hmm. So they matched his offer, but he decided to go to Detroit. Um, and, and that shows me that he really wants to be the guy on the team. He wants to get more touches. He wants to be able to, you know, move into that scoring lead a little bit as well. I think like he averages like 11 or 12 points per game. And I think he really has a chance to move up into that, like 18 to 20 points per game with Detroit. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that's a big leap for him. And uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that'll be the guy that takes that leap. Yeah. I, I really like Jeremy Grant. I think everything you said, I agree with in terms of him wanting a bigger role, you know, I think um, just the narrative was Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. Right. And he's like, okay, well mm-hmm. that's my starting position. So um, yeah, exactly. Him going to, to Detroit. I think Detroit has more of like a long-term idea of what's going on there so I don't think what we see right now will be obviously their team moving forward potentially like we said moving Blake and stuff so uh him as that small forward power forward small ball power forward kind of I really like his shooting ability his length um he definitely he definitely could win um I think JT I think um with him I think once Blake Griffin and Derek Rose get shipped off that's when he's gonna take his leap I think he's gonna sit in the background like third third option type of thing second maybe even second option but i think once if they ship both those guys off he'll be prime for like that first first scoring option and i think that's when he'll take like he'll probably level out and then spike 
in usage what after the trade deadline probably right yeah great point and i think everybody's um everybody has short-term memory right so whoever's whoever's hot at the end of the season might just win it right so mm-hmm. um chris take us through surprising pick from you <laughs> yeah my most improved player this year is og og ananobi from the raptors um last season he did show that he was quite decent for the Raptors, I'd say, especially in the bubble. He did hit that game winner against the Celtics, which sucked, but it was quite impressive to watch. I think his bubble performance was quite promising in the fact that if he keeps that momentum up going into this year, I think he'll be quite a dominant force on that Raptors team. Um, Nobody was really talking about him in depth through like national media coverage. Like I was living in Toronto, so I was, hearing it every single day, oh, OG this, OG that, but it wasn't really leaving the city of Toronto. It was just their bias, I guess you can say. But now just like watching it from afar, watching a couple of preseason games against the Hornets to this year, like he, I think he's going to take a huge step this year. He might, I think he can become the number one option on that Raptors team. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think Siakam will make that big of a jump. I think OG is going to make that like, down like the stride compared to like like freddie obviously is going to be good lowry is good who, who knows what's going to happen with him but i don't think siakam is going to be getting any better and i think og is going to take that leap and become that guy on the raptors team mm-hmm. yeah og is another one of those guys that i was really impressed with like you said chris i honestly forgot about his bubble performance so <laughs> you recapped it but i watched those preseason games against the hornets and just physically he looks bigger too hey yeah. He looks like he's filled out like a little bit more. He looks stronger, just as athletic. Um, but it looks like mentally he's turned it on a little bit more where he's like, where he just overpowers people. And he, yeah. you know, he's playing against obviously all these uh, prospects for the Hornets. Um, but yeah, he looked, he just looked like a man out there. And I've always liked him um, in terms of his, uh, his versatility. You know, he's a defender. I, you know, I think all of us like those guys who play D as well. Um but I think, yeah, you're right in terms of no no media attention, right? He's also, like, technically an international player. He's from England, yeah. I believe. So, um, yeah, we got a lot of it up here in Canada, being force-fed on TSN and whatnot. But he definitely he it. definitely could, yeah. yeah. Man, it's crazy. Um, it's crazy comparing, like, being back in Vancouver now. Like, we yeah. do get a lot of Raptors and Canadian basketball coverage through, like, TSN and all that. But living in Toronto, it's just – it's. 10 15 times stronger just from like yeah. walking around just from like walking around seeing the like news stations on tv and all this stuff is just amplified to another level where it's like insanely not biased but insanely yeah. like pro raptors even more yeah. than it is across the rest of the country i think yeah wow. exactly it's just being force fed right and they've actually turned into a very nice franchise but it's it's the fact like i feel like it's being put out there with like ignorance you know it's not actual uh, basketball community that's doing it right yeah you know we all respect them obviously as an organization now and they all have individually very good players but yeah anyways mm-hmm. we could probably go on that <laughs> we could have a whole a raptors episode man. yeah yeah, yeah. fuck the raptors episode um <laughs> so probably the you know obviously mvp is left but the next maybe most exciting or top tier uh, award defensive player of the year Another one where it's a lot of repeat winners. You know, I think Rudy's back-to-back um, for that one. I see none of us pick him, which is great. Uh, <laughs> DB, why don't you go ahead with your pick? 
Lakers. Fingers crossed it's not Gobert again, man. I don't yeah. I don't want to see a volleyball player continuously winning basketball awards. I really don't want to keep seeing that, man. Yeah. But uh yeah, let's let's move on to who I have. I have A D winning it. Uh I honestly considered uh Anthony Davis for the MVP award as well. Yep. Which is which is kind of hard, right? But I, I don't think he's gonna get the MVP just because LeBron's there as well and they're gonna share a lot of the responsibility. Even though I think this year LeBron's going to maybe take a little bit of a step back and let AD yeah. kind of take the lead a little bit more even. I think uh, they're a little bit more secure in knowing that their team could actually win and they've gelled a little bit moving into the playoffs. So I, I don't think he has to force that role anymore, LeBron. And he's, he'll let AD kind of take over a little bit at times. Yeah. But defensively, AD's always been one of the best defenders in the league. Mm-hmm. Since he's come into the league, he's been a rim protector and he's somewhat agile for how big he is as well. So you could kind of step out and, you know, bluff and recover, do all that good yeah. stuff. I, I think uh, if the Lakers have a really good season, which I am really anticipating they will, uh, he'll get a good look for defensive player of the year. Yeah, man, he's super versatile. Obviously, he's been a, a, one of the best players since he pretty much entered the league. But like you said, the the kind of progression of LeBron's career and the mentorship that's going on right now um, and this kind of like two, three, four year transition of of handing AD the, the keys, he's definitely going to take a bigger role in the, in the regular season, at least, right? This is a regular season mm-hmm. award. He's, you know, probably going to be averaging close to 30. I would say he's going to get a shit ton of minutes. Um, and the fact that, you know, he's your small ball center or your power forward, uh, how confident are you, you know, switching him onto, let's say Dame or, you know, CJ McCollum or, you know, one of these smaller guards, um, you're pretty damn confident compared to your other options in the league, right? Like he's going to, like you said, DB is agile enough to kind of get a hand up and stay within and mm-hmm. potentially block it and go down and put it on your head on the other side. So, um, <laughs> <Daniel> <laughs> Cook on <that>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I'm nine out of 10 possessions, but if it's a switch at the end of the shot clock, like I'm very confident in putting switching yeah. that. Realistically, yeah. you never you never want to put any big man on Dame yeah, ever. No. You're never <laughs> going to make that an option. But I mean, it's better than nothing, right? At least it's better than nothing. But do I don't know. I don't know if I'd be like very confident because legit, I think Dame <laughs> would still cook him. Like eight out of ten times, he'd cook him. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't you know. know the, the, but I'm biased. Option, yeah, the option is Caruso trying to battle over a screen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm confident with AD, man. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, Chris, no surprise here. You want to take us through your pick? Uh, it's Good about point. damn time Marcus Smart gets respect <laughs> and gets his defensive player of the year. I personally think this is the year he's had the momentum for the last two years getting that first team all-star – or first – sorry, not first team all-star. First team defensive player, all de- all defense. Um, yeah. It's time for a guard – I've said this before. It's time for a guard to win this award again. It has been – many, many years since the guard has won it. Um, this year, especially with the way the condensed season works, I think big men are very susceptible to injuries and resting. So I think the more games they take off, the less chances they should technically have to win this award. Um, like you look at Giannis, you look at LeBron, you look at AD, you look at even Bam. Like other than Giannis, the rest of them played until mid-October. So that first month or so of the season is going to be very iffy for those players who probably have a really high chance to get defensive player of the year. But I really hope they take into account who plays the games, who plays hard, like not just stats wise. I really hope they'd switch yeah. it up a bit and actually watch the games and like see how players affect 
the game in general, not just affect the game through their blocks, through their steals. Mm-hmm. So, like, my fingers crossed it is Marcus Smart. I think he is a two-time first-team all-defense, so that's only – it's only primed to take the next jump to defensive player of the year. Um, mm-hmm. Fingers crossed it'll happen. If he has a year like he's had the last couple of years in terms of defense, I think he's – with Kemba being out as well, he's going to take an even bigger role on the Celtics team. So, we'll see, but – Yes, I'd say Mark Smart's my defensive player of the year. Yeah. Honestly, you make a lot of good arguments. I do think just overall, like the you know, the the game is transitioning to like a more guard-centric league, obviously. Um, but I think the value still lands with like those those bigs who are versatile enough to also guard guards, right? Like Marcus Smart, yeah. He's an but what, unbelievable what about player. the guards that are yeah. more versatile to guard the big men? Like Mm-hmm. Marcus Smart so guards still... one to five. I yeah. I personally think he guards. He's not not oh, locks no, down, no. but like on, handles Yanis. Okay, he he can on a on a you know uh, he can't play so like yo, single this, single. This goes this right? goes back to the Damon AD one. So it's like imagine yeah. MB gets it in the post against Marcus Smart. Exactly. It's like but the way exactly. Marcus Smart will guard him will make sure exactly. MB either doesn't touch the ball, which doesn't even show up on the stat sheet. Mm-hmm. You know, so that takes. No, you're right. You're right. Of, he does a lot like of stuff he, off the ball. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff off the ball that never gets seen. But you got to understand. Also, the voters are not going to be the most astute basketball like. Mine. That's what They're I'm saying. That needs to change. I I'm 100 percent with you on that. But yeah. just knowing how the voters are going to work, yeah. they're going to go with someone that's yeah. in the the spotlight and yeah. has good stats. That's how it usually is. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. but that's just how it usually is. Yeah, like obviously a ton of respect to Marcus Smart. I think uh, you said not using uh, so such a stat-based uh, uh, system of picking. Maybe the advanced analytics can help, you know, because when it's like, uh, you know, when Kawhi matches up with Marcus Smart, he's X percent from the field yeah. or something like that, right? Um, that could potentially sway. My, my point I was trying to make was I think it's more I, – I see how he could be obviously – a top choice for it, but I think there's more value in a player who can do other things, uh, you know, better, right? Like obviously Marcus Smart can guard a four or a five, but like my pick, bam, can guard a five and a four, but he can also guard, like he can guard guards better than Smart can guard a big is pretty much what I'm trying to say. Um, But I think in terms of where I'm actually trying to go at this point, it not being Rudy Gobert is you can't be somebody who gets played off the floor in the playoffs and still be somebody who's a defensive player of the year. Exactly. Like, like that's absolutely embarrassing. That shows DB, like you said, that there's not a lot of research that goes into it. You have somebody who got spun on his head twice in a row by Steph, literally (laughs) spun in circles. And now you go into his series um, against Denver and he literally cannot play because he's an absolute liability. So um, I, I hinted there, Bam is my choice. I think he legit can guard one through five. I think he's most comfortable probably guarding uh, three through five, something like that. But he's somebody who I think takes pride in his defense, like Marcus Smart, um, and uh, and a not as much as AD, honestly. I think he's um, more focused on defense than he is on offense. So, Traz, sure. why don't you reinforce uh, what I'm trying to say there with Bam? Yeah, man, for sure. Um, to be honest, uh, if I hadn't picked 
the reason I picked uh, my MVP pick is why I picked them as my defensive player of the year award, uh, or else I think I had a AD in there as well for me to be the okay. defensive player of the year. But I ended up going with Bam, uh, mainly because of uh, what he showcased against Milwaukee in the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, playing Giannis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that really helped his case. Um, people kind of like realized like, oh, wow, maybe they have the perfect player like to defend that kind of player. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and like you said, like he seems to care more on defense than he does on offense. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that's going to be a, a big factor. And I mean, I don't think it's, it's tough. He can't guard the, I don't think he can guard a one like consistently, mm-hmm. but like you said, I think he's comfortable three to five and on occasion getting switched on to, to a two, like it, you'd live with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is still unbelievable to have. And that's your center. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. But if, yeah, if you, if he's matching up with like a CJ McCollum, like, You'll live with it on, on an occasional possession, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, no yeah. offense, but I think CJ most of the time, like on the majority of possessions, CJ will still still cook them. Yeah. yeah. Fresh, yeah. Fresh, Do you see with these big men? Do you see them chasing twos and ones off screens? Like they're they're just switching off, and it's the twos and ones are going one on one against them. So it's sort of easier to guard because you're just playing one on one with somebody. Like if you're chasing somebody around a shooter yeah. around, like you're yeah. not guarding. Like Bam is not guarding Clay, coming no, off ball no. screens and stuff. So like it's sort of hard to judge that way, you know? Exactly. Yeah, that's why I also that's why I also don't say say anything with your case with Marcus Smart because yeah. I, I do agree. Yeah, like Marcus Smart's an unbelievable defensive player. Yeah, it's but unfortunately it's it's always skewed when those big men can <laughs> can do those other little. It's it's always it's always like that. It's the yeah. highlight reel plays, man. That's what it's people who look for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, you got to understand, like, no one cares about the play that didn't allow a play to happen. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no one yeah. even sees that. Like, no one even understands that, that Marcus Smart didn't allow MB to get behind him yeah. to catch that lot behind him. Right? Yeah. He bodied up for a good 20 seconds and just put his body into him just to not let him get there. Right? But yeah. no one sees that. That play never happened. It doesn't matter. There's no exactly. stat for that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah not yet at least i guess um <laughs> yeah something small right where most big men will probably let mb trot down to the low block and then they make contact where marcus smart will be legit like putting all his weight on him like at the three-point line yeah, not even yeah. letting him get that right so by the time he catches it he's i don't know 23 percent more tired i don't know um <laughs> You know, but somebody like Embiid, you know, I don't think there's anybody that can like confidently guard him. Like oh. with Bam, I think he's he's not big enough, so that makes more of an argument, I think, for you know, for AD. But um, Giannis proved it; he can win Defensive Player and MVP in the same year. So maybe AD will end up getting both. Um, you never know. Could happen. Um, yeah, and then I guess the main uh, award MVP. Um, a lot of. Uh, a lot of favorites right at the very top with, you know, I think uh, Luca, AD and Giannis are probably like the consensus um, favorites, but I think there's a lot of other players that um, are in the perfect situation to explode this year as well. That just like Chris always says is not in the media attention. Right. So um, in terms of the favorites, I went with one of the favorites in Luca. I think he's, you know, one of those transcendent players, like we all agree 
I think, you know, the, the reasons are endless and I think we all agree on them anyway. So there's no part really harping on them, but I play with him <laughs> a lot in 2K. So <laughs> I think he will end up being the MVP, especially if Chris Stapps ends up going down and they still end up being like maybe like a four seed or something like that. Um, he's just he's just shown that he's can get better every single time and that he's not scared to take everything on his shoulder. So, uh, DB, you want to add a little bit on Luca and then uh, take us through your your other pick? Yeah, uh, Luca was actually one of the main people that I thought about when this came up, right? MVP, I just thought Luca right away. Uh, he can do everything. He could score, he can rebound, he could pass the ball. His, his court vision is amazing. And then for a superstar like him, he actually tries extremely hard on the defensive end as well, right? Like he's, he's, he's going to, yeah, he, he just goes so hard. I love his competitive nature. I think he has a really, really good chance to take that Dallas team to, like you said, a four spot, maybe even a, like a dark horse three spot would be pretty crazy for them. Yeah. Um, but because you picked them, uh, I went with maybe my second favorite in mm-hmm. AD. Um, I think like all the reasons I gave in the defensive player of the year award, basically that's going to add on to it. Um, I think LeBron is going to give him the keys to the team pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be the first year where he's going to really trust them to take on more of that scoring lead as well. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, Anthony Davis is going to average something like 30, 14, and like six. Like, I think he's going to have one of those like really, really good seasons and he's going to be efficient, right? He's not one of those guys that needs a lot of touches to get that kind of production, right? Mm -hmm. So I think he has a really good chance, especially if the Lakers land that number one seed again. Yeah, great point. I think this is kind of a a perfect situation with the the short off season where LeBron really, really takes a step back and averages something like 14 points and like 13 assists. <laughs> and, and, you know, four of those are just easy lobs to AD where you said it's super efficient. He's always going to get to the line a lot. Um, and, you know, with LeBron, maybe potentially, who knows, sitting out every seventh game or something like that. And he actually has to not just take the main scoring role, but actually lead his team and maybe starting that from the defensive end and kind of working up and transition. And he's a very finesse type player, right? So against the main crop of the league, obviously he's super elite, right? In the playoffs, we saw it was a little bit harder, not a little, not hard for them. They still won quite easily, but there's a little more resistance, obviously with the upper echelon, but um, you wrote DB, you wrote KD there, you meant, but you meant AD? Yeah, you know what, man? I am tripping. I had AD for my defensive player of the year, KD for my – I'm so tripping. I'm looking at prizes. <laughs> All right, yo. I got KD for the exact same reasons yeah. that I had AD. Because you're <laughs> in a generational tech talents, man. No, no I, think, uh, I think I put KD because I had AD as a defensive player of the year. Yeah. Um, so I went with KD, uh, and the reason is you guys all know KD. You guys all know what he's capable of. In my opinion, I've said this for the past three years now, he's the best player in the league, period, when he's healthy. I think he is the best scoring option on any team ever, pretty much, other than Jordan, in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, I think him coming back to that Brooklyn team that really didn't do much last season, if they can do, you know, make some noise and get into that, like, number two seed, like we talked about, behind Milwaukee, I think yeah. he has a really good chance. Yeah, 100%, man. I think we can all agree on KD. Um, or AD, realistically. Um, <laughs> Either one, man. 
<laughs> for as you did choose AD. So anything that we missed uh, that you wanted to add? <laughs> well, I don't know, man. DB, DB made my case for me pretty well, to be there honest. You go. <laughs> <Smokeman>. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> apart from what uh, all the great things in here said, um, <laughs> I, I do think uh, I think LeBron. I think LeBron's going to gift AD the MVP this season. I think yeah. LeBron is like is going to hype the media attention around AD. I think you're going to hear LeBron mentioning it a lot more. I think you're like mm-hmm. every time they're interviewing LeBron's going to go to him. I think he's going to do everything he can to just make sure AD gets this this year and yeah. I think his numbers will support that. Cuz I think he will be averaging a lot more points cuz I think LeBron's probably going to average 18 to 20 and like 13 14 assists like you said. I yeah. think he's going to be more that just passing. Like here, yeah. just come on, man. Just make this three. Like just hit it. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I'll do all the hard work. Just hit it. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, but no, I, I think it's just it's prime. They're gonna win it again, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it'll just be perfect. And then in the playoffs, maybe LeBron takes Finals MVP. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, just out of respect, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, like those are those are kind of the favorites there, Luca, AD. Um, Giannis, he's going to be one of the favorites, but I don't think he'll be the first ever three-time MVP. So let's kind of scratch him off of there. Um, a, a potential team that can overachieve, like I said, a couple times to make potentially make the two seed uh, and have a dark, not necessarily a dark horse MVP, but somebody out of the top two, three favorites uh, in Dame up in Portland. So Chris, make your point there for Dame. Yeah, I think the league is has put respect on his name now. I think... He was he was the bubble like the bubble MVP or whatever the little Disney trophy, but um, yeah. <laughs> I think Dame's gonna come out with a vengeance this season. I don't think he's into the whole resting as much as the rest of the league. Uh, mm-hmm. I really wanted to go with Luca. I really think I still think Luca probably will get MVP. But when you look at this season compared to every other season, it's so different in terms of short off season, very condensed schedule. You're playing three to four mm-hmm. games a week. And they even put out like that document that said, you're allowed to rest these games. You're not allowed to rest these games. Like the national TVs, you have to, you have to play, you can't, but you can rest. Like it's, it's like, they're saying don't rest, but you can, you can legally do it kind of thing. Now, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? So I think a lot of those stars are going to take the time off. And I think out of all years, this is the year where somebody other than the top four or five players mm-hmm. in the league will win it just based on their playing every game compared to sitting out 10, 12 games out of a shortened season anyways. Yeah. So I think Dame will turn it into high gear right off the start. I think he'll have, he'll be probably front runner for an MVP right off the bat, I think in a few games. And then obviously Everybody else will catch up once they start playing full-time minutes, start playing every single game closer to the middle of the season. But I think mm-hmm. Dame will then take that next step up, if, especially if they stay healthy and they can, like you say, get that two seed. Mm-hmm. I, I believe Dame will bring them bring them the MVP back to Portland, I think. Yeah, I think I definitely think that's possible. They're definitely going to be a team that's better than their record last year. You know, they played most of the regular season injured and just flourished in the bubble when they actually had their team. And now exactly. they've added a couple more pieces. Um, I really hope he wins it, right? Like, I love Luca, but I think there's a lot of MVPs in his future. Um, I really hope Dame wins it because I don't think LeBron's realistic. So yeah. <laughs> I can I can vote for somebody else. Um, but, uh, Faraz, do you want to uh, reinforce any points there on your favorite player in the league? 
<laughs> Man, uh, that's a great dark horse MVP pick there. Um, because I know I know we've all talked about this before, but yeah, if if yeah. Portland does get that number two seed, um, I can see this like. But to be honest, Dame would have to be averaging like <laughs> he averaged like thirty plus. Like yeah. he'd have to have one you of those like. Crazy, do you think he can average twenty eight and like five threes a game and just be that that guy? Because like you're averaging thirty plus, you're not going to give it to Hardy. You're not going to give it to Giannis. Like AD and Luca are probably to the front two, and then who's next is Dame mm-hmm. potentially. Yeah. As a three seed or something like that, I could see it for sure. Uh, like I feel like if it, if they're gonna consider a player like Dame with a pool that like that talent heavy already, yeah. he's got to do something ridiculous. Like he's got to have a season like Kobe did, where he had you know like five a five six game stretch where he averaged forty five points a game. Yeah, uh, like which he's gonna could. have to have. He's gonna have to do which he easily <laughs> could. Yeah, I've always said like one of the players that could like easily like, that could maybe even. Ty Kobe's 81 would be a guy like Dame who could just go yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. But um, he's also he's also that guy that does – like out of the other uh, favorites, he doesn't have that second superstar next to him, right? Giannis now has like legit help, and obviously AD has Braun. Um, mm-hmm. But DB, just before we finish here, it's crazy to talk about MVP without mentioning Harden, which um, you can talk about that if you want. But what about a Russell Westbrook um, averaging a triple-double – and taking uh, the Washington Wizards to like a fifth seed, fourth seed, something like that. Yeah, man, I, I I don't see it happening like that. I mean, even if he does, I don't see them giving him another MVP. Okay. I just I think uh, Westbrook is unfortunately in the eyes of the NBA on his like way downwards in his career. Yeah. So I don't think they want to hype up players like that. I think they would they would rather hype up a player like a Luca, mm-hmm. right? which is going to be like a franchise type player. It's going to be like a face of an NBA type player. So for that reason, yeah. I don't think he really has that kind of chance. And he's already done it before, right? He's already had, you know, years where he's averaged a triple double. So it's not as sure. shocking or surprising anymore. Right. So I, I feel like that kind of plays against him, right? It's kind yeah. of expected 28, nine and nine from him is kind of expected on the yeah. end game. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Right. That's, a, that's an okay season. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, basically is what i'm saying yeah exactly yeah, yeah exactly anything yeah. less is just disappointment um yeah. so the next time you guys this is really exciting the next time that we talk on this podcast uh there'll be live nba that we've already watched so it's gonna be amazing i can't wait um next season obviously we're going to talk about the the opening night games which is golden state and brooklyn uh and then lakers clippers so uh Hopefully we'll have a lot of content. Um, I'm sure everybody will play. So that'll be super exciting. Um, any last uh, closing words before we uh, take off? Let's get this season going. <laughs> yeah, right. Raptors suck, yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> now let's get this season going. And tonight uh, I'm going to take Carmelo Anthony with the number one overall pick. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously referencing our fantasy draft that we got going on tonight. Um, hopefully a good opportunity for uh, the hoop session boys, because we, we got a few uh, newbies into the, the draft pool this year who have absolutely nothing, no idea about <laughs> basketball who are purely analytics guys. So hopefully uh, like I was trying to convince Kevin to take Jordan first overall, because he's the best. <laughs> DeAndre Jordan though. <laughs> Either way, take him. Either way. Uh, all right, boys. Appreciate it. Cool. See you next time right, uh, when we talk about live NBA basketball. Peace. So, fellas. Mwah.
Take it, guys. Thanks for stopping by the sesh with us. If you like what we're doing, like, share, subscribe, tell a friend, tell your neighbor, tell your dog. Peace.